Welcome to the Boone Companion Podcast. My name's Alex James. And uh, what's up, everybody? This is the first episode. Want to lay down some like details, I guess, just for the first episode. I'm Alex James, of course. I just said that. And um, I work at a restaurant. So now that you know a little bit about me, I'm just kidding. Uh, I li- so I'm working in at this upper scale or upscale casual restaurant right now it's a it's a it's a job to uh you gotta make you know you gotta scrounge up some cash is scrounge even really a word i don't have a producer this is just me so it seems like all my favorite podcasts all have producers but i don't so but that's okay i i don't think i really earned the right to a producer at this point so it's just me yep scrounge is a word so i'm my own producer it means seek to obtain obtain something excuse me i've got a little bit of a scratchy voice right now a little bit of a cold i don't think it's actually a cold but i've just got some uh sinus pain I don't know if it's actually a virus that causes it. I think that uh, I just had some really, like the weather was just really cold and the air was so dry that I think it kind of dried out my sinuses and then it's been getting warm and then cold the next day, cold at night and it's hot during the day. It's just this time of the year, it's just ripe for a sore throat. But I don't. I don't think it's a virus. Um, but yeah, scrounge is a word. That's why I, I I go to scrounge up some money. And I think that's probably the best word to describe what I do, because I'm a waiter. And um, you know. I actually really enjoy my job at sometimes, but sometimes it's 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 really kind of miserable. And I think anyone who's worked at a restaurant can agree with that. It it's really sometimes it really can be a nightmare. I've I'm I've been at it for about three years, so I really don't get shaken up that easily. When I first started, it was horrible, and I'd even have nightmares. It's actually a commonly like a common thing that people will have uh nightmares um because of, oh it's called server anxiety people will actually have such bad anxiety about working at a restaurant that they have nightmares about it and you wake up in the middle of the night thinking that you've got to bring a f- side of Dijon Dijon mustard to some French guy who's getting pissed off at you and um, that's just the life it I'll tell you one thing it's it can be pretty entertaining the days really fly by my biggest complaint with it is that I don't make enough money. 
if I was making about twice as much as I am now, I think it would be fine. But for the amount that I make, which is a livable wage, there's just a lot of um, garbage that you got to put up with. A lot of uh, disrespect. As one of my coworkers said it, we're basically paid to just be, you know, somebody's bitch for a, a little while. Which I don't really look at it like that. But some of the customers certainly do. Like, But it's a very entertaining job. And um, for someone like me, it's it's perfect because I actually have ADHD, which I know everybody thinks that's like a joke these days, like ADHD. Everyone thinks that they all have ADHD or autism. And I think actually it is, it actually is kind of common. Maybe not common, but I think it's more common than people realize. ADHD, um, I'm not going to go into everything about it, but it is a real disorder. And, um, you know, it makes things really kind of tough. I'm not on medication. Uh, I think just learning about what ADHD, how it affects the way you, people think, and um, just understanding it better, that's the best approach for me. I think for right now, um, because I really don't want to take Adderall. I've taken it before. It's, eh, it's. I think feel like it's kind of hard on my on my body. Like mess with your appetite and your sleep patterns, which I don't sleep. I really have a pretty uh, disrupted sleep cycle right now as it is, but. ADHD, uh, you know, one thing about it is the worst thing for somebody with ADHD is that uh, you, <laughs> boredom is the absolute worst thing, being bored. You know, being bored is, is almost painful for someone with ADHD. And that's that's kind of why um, working at the restaurant, I think, is has been sustainable for me because there's something different going on every day. Um, there's downtime here and there to kind of joke around, and then there's also times where you're just balls to the wall, just you know. there's times where you go two or three hours without having any of your own thoughts because you're just 
memorizing orders you're keeping track of your you know you have to stay you really have to stay organized and it just takes up all of your mental capacity to make sure everything doesn't go flying off the rails because you know it's a, it's a very simple job maybe well i won't even say that it's a very easy job but it's not that simple it's maybe it's easy but complex or maybe it's difficult but simple You know, whenever you, it, it all depends really on um, just specific situations. Just any given, you know, if you got somebody who's just really picky or just really demanding, then it can be really difficult. But all, other times, you could have, you could be taking care of four tables. And it's like a breeze, you know, you're just walking through. But, It definitely keeps you occupied. So that's one thing. Um, so that's just a couple things about me. I work at the restaurant. I've got ADHD. And um, I actually had a podcast started about the restaurant. I wanted to open up this one. This one's just Boone Companion. And that's that's what I am to you, you know, uh, I'm just your friend you just stumbled upon here, and I hope my, uh, my voice will not be like this every week, I wish it was, because I think it's kind of like, it sounds like a little bit more, I feel like I could be R&B singer at this point, like, I feel a little bit smooth right now like I could just be sipping on some some whiskey like some scotch or like some I don't know like some maybe I'm just sipping on some Hennessy or just some Knob Creek whiskey So, uh, one of my uh, friends just texted me. That's weird. I haven't heard from him in a long time. <laughs> so, with this voice, I've been trying to like take advantage of it. I've been singing some gospel music. And I can't even whoa. There's this guy, you know, being in Louisiana, there's a really big church population and um we get a lot of uh we get a lot of uh guests coming in from the like you know, there's just a there's a lot of people involved in church in Louisiana. 
And um, I work at a place called, well, I don't know if I should say the name really of it, but we get a lot of people coming in uh, from the Jimmy Swagger Church. And it's kind of awesome. Um, but there's this guy. He comes in. He's a pr- he's a pastor or a preacher. I don't know. I never grew up going to church. So it's tough for me to say which is which. Pastor, preacher. But a lot of people come in from the church and they... Um, you know most of them are are very nice people but it gets me in this gospel mood like it gets me in this like religious thing Christianity and especially well you know all of religion but especially Christianity to me is just so fun I never grew up going to church I don't know anything about it everything that I know about it is as an outside observer like kind of the way that your girlfriend who doesn't know anything about football you know the the question she would ask about the game like why do they why do they kick the ball i don't know they that's how i sound about real church that's how i sound about like the bible and stuff um by the way, a cab always carry a Bible. Um, now, nah, but I there's something that I love about <laughs> Christianity and and the Bible. Like, I think I like the dogma of it, like just the blind following of it. I'm just I want to be in. I want to join a church. I went with uh, my some of my cousins one time to this huge it was like a stadium I felt like I was going to like a college football game which is another big thing in the south here but it was like it was like being at a concert really it was like being at a rock show because these people you they have the lights they're on stage they it's the you know they're all dressed up they're telling you and that's I guess that's just what preaching is I think it's been like that for a long time but Jimmy Swagger I think he was the original televangelist he was like the first TV preacher and I've served him you know he's been at my tables before he's a pretty cool guy I like him I think they're Pentecostal but Again, I don't know any of the denominations. I really don't know what any of those mean. But there's something about it that I think is so... It inter- It's like entertaining. I don't actually care about it. I don't actually want to go to church. I could only go like maybe a couple times a year, maybe once a month. Not even that, honestly. It's too because I can't go at it wholeheartedly. I don't genuinely believe in it. Not that I'm not spiritual, but it's just all the church stuff. They you can just see it 
some of these pastors that I talk to, you can just see it. It's almost like they're like trying to like dominate you almost. It's like they're trying to, they want you under their thumb. They want you under control almost. That's what it feels like. But I like to just get a whiff of that. I like to just get very close. I like to just look through the cage. I like to look through the cage. And I like to sometimes get inside the cage and just sit there with, with, the, other, uh, with the other people sometimes. With the other animals. With the other monkeys. No, I can't eat. No, I can't even But these guys are great performers is what they are. They're preachers. They're performers. And they sing, man. Jimmy Swagger, um, I think his cousin, one of, you know, he was very, maybe first cousins with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. I, I believe that's true. And um, again, I don't have a producer. I'm not going to check that. I, I'm, I would, you know, that's my final answer. I think that's true. If it wasn't Jerry Lee, it was another performance performer, though. It was a famous musician. And you realize that's what these people really are, is like they're just entertainers. And, um, you know, that's something that, that's all, kind of all that matters these days. It feels like the only thing, uh, you know, we want to learn. We want to learn. Se but that's secondary. Primarily is we want to be entertained. And if you know that. Then you're going to have to take an uh, approach to entertain people and these these guys man they are the real deal they can sing great so it's fun uh but yeah my this voice this scratchy little voice got me a little gospel made me feeling like i can sing down from my belly and it comes out just a little bit deeper, a little smooth. And um, I even want to start talking to my tables like in a little bit of a certain way, like a kind of a swab, like, hey, you know, hey, is there any, is there anything else I could bring for you? Like, are you all ready to order? Are you all ready to order? Is would you want some? You want some fresh coffee? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna bring you some strawberry syrup. I'm gonna bring you some strawberry sauce. Oh, you know what? You know what? 
you want some butterscotch sauce you know what I'm gonna bring you some strawberry sauce you want ice in your water oh okay how you want your steak prepared medium well I recommend medium I like people I like people who take my recommendations as gospel. It annoys me when I recommend something and people completely ignore it. Because I do know what I'm talking about at this point. I like it when they say, "Okay." And you'd be surprised how often they do just say, "Okay, that's fine." But I'll often recommend a certain wine because I do know what's, I know what certain wines are better than others. And, and even I'll recommend like food. This lady the other day, she was like, I was like, she was like, I'm in the mood for something that's bad for me. And I was like, you want to get the cheeseburger, and I recommend it at medium. And she was like, "Okay, what?" She was like, "Whatever you say." And she said it like so. Like she was so down. She was like, "I'm in your hands, sir. You're wearing. You've got the order book, and you're wearing the apron and the tie. You and I like when people do that because I can. You I can usually." Whether or not they like it, it doesn't matter. They do. They will like it. But the point is that you should just trust the person with the experience. Most of the time. Like, if I walk into a hardware store. If I walk into Lowe's. I'm not going to just walk around. For 25 minutes and just look at like I'm gonna go ask the guy who works there what he thinks I should get because people are either gonna tell you they don't know or they're gonna tell you exactly what you need and you all you have to do is be clear about your question but sometimes people sometimes people come in and they they're like trying to figure out what to do and I tell them what to order and they're like yeah okay well um, I think I'm just going to get the salad and I'm like it just makes me kind of shake my head as a server I'm past the point where I'm gonna like be um like a people like a people pleaser type I I come see as as a waiter when I first started I was definitely like oh my god please like me like please just accept me and, and tip me but then the longer I did it I realized you know I started being less and less kind of char like sweet I still try to be like you know less and less charming the thing is, 
people don't care about that. They're only focused on the food. And so these days I can come through and it depends. Like you can read it on someone's face, whether they want to be like, they want to be sweet talked or they want, you can always tell, but most of the time people do not give a damn if, if they think you like them because they don't like you. They don't care about you. And the people who act like they care about that kind of stuff, they have real psychological issues. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna get you some strawberry sauce. That's what one of my friends said that when I told him about my voice. And uh, <laughs> he's so funny. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm coming at my tables with the energy of the guy who works at Firestone, who you call on a Sunday and ask him if they can do breaks, and he's like, "Well, it's five p.m., so no." That's basically what I'm saying. You know, that guy is not there to, like, butter your cheeks. He's not there to butter up your your buns. He's just there to do the job. And at, at minimal effort. Because don't. Isn't the path of least resistance just kind of a law of human nature? I hate when people act like hard work is a virtue. I mean, you see it everywhere, but we all know this the expression work hard or work smart, not hard, or work smarter, not harder. Yet, even knowing that, a lot of people still act like working hard and putting out a lot of effort is some kind of virtue or like somehow beneficial it's really about just what people want you to be doing um there's absolutely no reason why you should be working hard Everything takes the path of least resistance. Everything. And if you're not, then you're just going against nature. So that's why I come in my tables looking to do as little as possible while at the same time exceeding their expectations and providing for all of their needs and even needs that they didn't even know they needed. But... I will not go too far. You know, I'll do everything they want and more, but not any more than that. Because there is a certain, you know, if somebody 
like I'll go the extra mile but not for no reason but this podcast is not all about restaurants that's just what probably what I'll talk about a lot just because that's what I think about 90% of the time I probably work about 45 to 50 hours a week um, and I am pretty deeply enmeshed in that life but like I said I've been there three years and it's been a good job for me so what can I say I've learned a lot about the restaurant industry and about food and about people but this podcast is really just a hobby for me um I think I might do maybe I'll do two per week and um it's really this you know in this setting I'm just gonna be a comedian you know I'm just this is just comedy I might be saying some things that you know seem a little ridiculous don't take them too seriously because this is not my uh, platform for the an election this is just I'm just uh, talking so but I don't think I have to worry about that but just so you know December strikes again it's a magical season really it's a magical season there's something magical about December uh, there was a guy dressed as Santa Claus sitting at the bar the other day, you know? What's more magical than a grown man getting drunk in public, dressed as a childhood mythological figure? Uh, with his girlfriend who's dressed as a reindeer. What is more magical than a grown man getting drunk in public dressed as Santa Claus with his girlfriend who is dressed as a reindeer? Just sitting at the bar with some friends those two were the only ones dressed up but to me that's it was it was the best but that's what's nice about Christmas is it's it borrows from all holidays and that's why Christmas is the best holiday 
We all know that. And you can have your favorite holiday. You know, I love kind of like all festivities in their own moment. They all deserve their own moment. But we all know that Christmas is the best holiday. Just like we all know that summer is the best season. Despite the fact that spring can be absolutely beautiful and the fall has a nice quality to it. But we all know summer is the best uh, over here in the States. We all know it. And Christmas, we all know, is the best holiday. It is the, uh, you know, it it takes the, um, I would say, it takes like the warmth and love and family spirit of Thanksgiving the friendship spirit of thanksgiving and it and it takes the uh oh wow my, my voice is really like sounding like a busted uh ice cream truck horn my voice sounds like a broken kaleo pay right now but look christmas it takes that Halloween mystery and magic and it combines it with the the friend the friendly spirit of Thanksgiving and even the 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 reinvigorating magic of Easter well, I don't even... What kind of energy is Easter give off? I would say kind of like a renewal. Sort of like a renewing uh, energy. And it combines all these spirits. There's even like a... Na- there's like... You have like kind of that national... Okay. I would say the big five holidays. In order... Our Christmas, number one. Fourth of July, number two. And there's a reason I say that's number two, uh, which I'll get to. But look, number three, I go Halloween, four, Thanksgiving, five, Easter and that's my top five ranking of holidays and uh, Christmas is number one because it combines all five of those into one not only that but it kind of lasts like an entire month it almost lasts uh, even longer than that Christmas feels like it lasts up until the end of the, the the year. It feels like New Year's Eve is kind of its own thing. 
but it's still kind of part of Christmas. And it even feels like, and you know, the the decorations come out for the entire month. The Christmas music is playing the entire month. It really dominates the culture. Just this one day kind of takes over the entire country for like an entire month. And I know not everybody celebrates. I know that. But from where from where I'm standing, that's what it looks like to me. But again, everything I say is going to be from my perspective. So would you really expect me to like include every single every single little thing? No, I'm just speaking from my experience. So if you don't like it, then just shut up. Why am I getting defensive? Because it feels like everything is under attack a lot of the times these days. I need to quit being so defensive. I just need to be on the attack all the, all the time. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so, but you know, notice I did not include Valentine's Day. Fuck that holiday. I hate Valentine's Day. It's not even a real holiday. We all know that. It's a made-up holiday. It's garbage. It stands for nothing. There's no point to it. It's a waste of time and money and everything. It's a waste Groundhog Day is even better than Valentine's Day. And I really don't even like Groundhog. Ground, I think about Groundhog's Day for about 15 seconds. Actually, probably about 8 seconds every year. I think about... Here's how my Groundhog's Day goes. Sometime around like 11 a.m., I realize, oh, it's Groundhog's Day. And I think, I wonder if the groundhog saw his dick today. Or if his, or if his, um, fat was too big from hibernating that he couldn't see it. And I wonder for about eight seconds. And then I think, uh, here's how it goes. I say, I wonder if the groundhog saw his dick today. Oh, I can look. I'll look it up to see. Oh, fuck it. I don't. I really don't care. And that's how I celebrate ground. That's how I celebrate Groundhog's Day. I remember being a kid, and I used to honestly think uh, that that meant something. <laughs> That's one thing that's so fun about being a kid is there's like, there's magic, right? Magic is real. 
I spend a lot of time these days trying to find more magic I can put into my life, but that's why I like Christmas. It is a little bit magical. I think anything that's like out of the ordinary starts to take on a magical quality. And the more that that thing is accepted on a larger and larger scale, it becomes more and more real and more magical too. But yeah, I remember as a kid, <laughs> you get kind of sick of winter. I grew up in uh, the Midwest, so it's real cold. And you think, oh man, I hope that damn ground dog is going to bring us an early spring. And then uh, a few years go by, you start to realize it has nothing to do with the groundhog. Being a kid is so fun. And it really is just all inside your own. It's just your view of the world is so lacking in experience that you have you have to like the mind expects a reason for things. We we always look for reason. If we hear a noise, we look to see what it was. We always want to know what is, there's like cause and effect is just endlessly fascinating to us. Or we just have a certain curiosity of that. And, um, but kids know so little about the world that you, they literally just invent their own reasons for things. And it's crazy, but it's it's good enough. And I think that's probably why the 50s was the best decade in this country's history. <clears throat> because back then, I think... Probably even a lot of the adults, you know, you don't have the internet. You can't just find the answers to everything. I think a lot of the adults even were just coming up with their own magical reasons for shit. And governments loved that, right? They were like, uh, just, oh my God, they were just like running wild with that. They were just... Oh, it was fucking Russia did that. Oh, we landed on the moon. Sure we did. You Look. <laughs> I do think we went to the moon. But it's funny that a lot of people think... I remember my dad telling me that he saw the moon landing on TV. Like he watched it on TV. And I think a lot of people think that they saw the moon landing but nobody actually saw it 
it there was no cameras in space it was the broadcast whatever they broadcast on tv was done in a studio but i think we did actually go to the moon but i don't <laughs> but they didn't have live coverage of it back then I th what was it i'll guess i think it was 19 40 no i think it was 1958 that's just my guess but even buzz aldrin said that even buzz aldrin said no you didn't see that happen because there was no broadcast back then so i don't that confused me so much my dad always told me he saw the moon landing live and i was like I always believed him, and then I, later on I realized, no, you definitely didn't. That's what a lot of conspiracies really are, it's just inconsistency in stories which have no real meaning, but because of the inconsistency, we take that as a crack in the armor and we take that as a sign of you know it's kind of like if you have an alibi but yet in your you know the second your story starts to crumble we think that it's all made up we think it's all a lie but it's probably not it's probably just little details are impossible to get a hundred percent right but i would have loved to live in the 50s i think i think i really would have thrived in the 50s because i think i would have been very happy to just read the newspaper read the newspaper you know i bet I would just have a great time at work. Of course, it wasn't the best time for everybody. You know, reality is so tough to look at, man. We just, life is too short for reality. I'm sorry. But it's just too short for reality, man. If we all sit around and think about all the fucked up things of the past every day, we're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to change anything, man. There's good people there's more good people than there's bad people. But look, if we sit here and try to solve everything, we're just going to end up dying and that's going to be it.
your only choice is just to enjoy life and just to try to have as much fun as you can. And I wouldn't even say try to make some memories because memor- remembering things is kind of a waste of time. Unless you're like remembering things unless you're like laughing about a funny memory that happened but then I'd argue that that's even that's not a memory if you're actively enjoying a memory that's not a memory that's an active present thing so but you know memories are going to happen Memories are going to happen one way or the other, so. Memories are pretty crazy to me. It's crazy to me that you could have a dream and have a memory of the dream you had that was completely imagined yet you remember the dream and your memories of you know events that actually happened are right in there in your subconscious rattling around with those dreams of memories and I think they start to kind of combine I think that your memory your memories of things change as you get older because I there's definitely some things that stand out and that you'll remember forever and that you know that's what exactly what happened but I think the truth is that a lot of times your memories are kind of start to combine with everything and you kind of just start to remember things differently the older you get that's kind of crazy it's kind of like I think of it as like how a cloud changes shape. Like if you look if you're looking at a cloud, it can look in, it can be looking like a rabbit at one moment and then you keep looking at it, you keep looking at the rabbit and all of a sudden it doesn't look like a rabbit anymore. It looks like a hat or something or like a lamp. I think I wonder if that's kind of how memory could be because you have that like image or like lasting idea of something but then the longer that you're around and the more experiences you gain I think they can kind of change and I don't I don't even think that's really bad but maybe that's a good argument for why art is so important because if you make art based on a memory or something that will never change that account 
or that story or that um, picture or that poem, that song, that movie, that story will always be the same because it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's not in your mind anymore. It can't change after you put it into the world. So, um, where am I at? I might wrap it up. That was probably the first uh, episode. This is the um, Boon Companion Podcast. I wanted to call it that because a Boon Companion is just somebody who you kind of stumble upon and they can be your friend. And then you may never see them again, but just for that couple 10-minute bus ride. They're your companion that you just kind of happen to come by. And I think some of those people that you just happen to stop by and and just... Those people are always so nice, you know? And your real friends kind of... They almost kind of change your... like. I have a lot of friends that I really don't talk to anymore. But those people that you just come by on the street or something, they're always just so nice. You know what I'm talking about. Like, there's just always that person who's going to, like, hold the door for you or something. And sometimes you'll be that person. Sometimes you'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to be a perfect example of humanity for this person. Just, I think that's so valuable and so cool. And one thing that's really kind of nice about our uh, country, our society, is that there really are a lot of people who will do you right just for no reason at all. And I think that friends can be a little bit mm, problematic. Because to me, the people who know you the best can really hurt you the most. <laughs> 